Welcome to a world of exploration, thought, and discussion, sequentially through 156 episodes of Rod Serling's seminal classic, The Twilight Zone. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And today I'm here with a good friend over from Brokebot Mountain. He's an illustrator and a comic artist known for, well, he this is his bio mind you he wrote this uh, yeah well not known much at all uh he wrote he writes short stories he plays guitar and he co-hosts the aforementioned podcast brokebot mountain he also raises kids and cats uh welcome to the show i believe this is this is for the first time uh mr phil rude hi brandon it is the first time and uh, he's lying. I didn't write that. Brandon just likes to remind me that I am very <laughs> much a failure in my chosen field. Uh, look, I mean, I I say that to you in confidence. Uh, Brandon likes to keep his guests in check, you know, make sure, you know, he's the alpha here. <laughs> yeah, you know, my my assertiveness and my alpha is just it's well, it's well renowned. Oh, it bleeds through the earbuds. People can tell. People well, can, well, well documented. Yeah. People can tell. Uh, well, good afternoon, good evening, Phil. Uh, it's it's a pleasure having you on on the show. We've we've done several podcasts. I say several, uh, at least two podcasts together over the years. Uh, the first time we met, I think, were we on Trivia Geeks I together? Think, I think it was a Trivia Geeks episode. Yeah, because um, it was at a super weird time because you were out like in the middle of the ocean i think uh in that and that weird non-us time zone that uh always <laughs> yeah. threw our recording times off yeah uh uh carrie was like oh this guy's really cool he'll he'll come in you'll have a lot of fun and and we did and we dominated yes we did yes we did and and for the life of me now that i'm a co-captain on that show full-time i can't ever win anymore so um maybe the maybe the key was that i was with you phil I think the key is not showing up every week. You notice how I'm almost never on that show. Uh, But when I show up, like, you know, I come to play and then I just go away for another two years. (laughs) You win when you show up. That's right. Uh, (laughs) The the second show that that you do, uh, that that is your primary show, is Brokebot Mountain, uh, which is a a Westworld primarily podcast. Uh, But as you and I both know, as I am with Rick and Morty, when there's these damn off seasons, you you just you, you fill in the blanks. And so now you are doing... You know, uh, we we talked about this before we started recording. You know, Netflix shows. You you did this brief period where you focused purely on sci-fi, uh, and so that's exciting for you, I'm sure. Constantly finding content. It, it is. Uh, well, I mean, with so many streaming services, there is no shortage of content, but it's it's the finding good content, you know, um, that that can be a challenge sometimes. Yeah, we started out as a sort of week-by-week breakdown of Westworld before we realized there was going to be these two-year gaps between seasons. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, HBO likes to do that. Uh, Rick and Morty is a really, I think, just a time-intensive show that takes them a long time to to write. You know, they're so... uh, it's so perfectly written. I can imagine that takes a ton of time plus the animation time on top of it. So 
yeah, fill in those gaps. Initially, we thought we were going to like, oh, let's find some Westworld adjacent stories. And and it's like, man, we're going to run out of that stuff fast. And we just started <laughs> doing um, we just started doing sci fi movies. Uh, and and yeah, we're sort of slowly we're uh, David and I are slowly taking that show to oh, we're still doing sci-fi but just not exclusively we're just kind of finding like we did glow last summer because just because oh. <laughs> david and i are big fans of glow yeah uh we just did barry for our 100th episode um we're just kind of finding Ooh. stuff that we're fans of and and bringing it in because we just get tired of talking about bad movies that we keep running across uh, all the time <laughs> And and as you said, there's no shortage of movies out there on the streaming services, and there's no shortage of bad movies as well. Uh, if if you go to like Amazon Prime, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's just oh my god, uh, my my kid watched like a scary doll movie, and it was just the worst thing ever. Yeah, I think like Amazon and Hulu, they get all those like asylum copycat movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like transmorphers and, um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, like the Da Vinci paradox and things like yeah. that, you know, and uh, it just you find just all the, the Avengers. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's, it's all the weirdest. Um, there's one that used to play on Hulu called I am Omega. And it was like oh, yeah. their their I am legend uh, knockoff. It was just just ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, man, it, uh I guess when you have a whole channel to fill, you just scrape up whatever and throw it out there. Um, yeah, you know, you know, you know what they what a good streaming site out there. And this is this going to be my segue into the show, uh, which I'm just forecasting that for anybody who's listening. A really good streaming service channel out there is uh, Turner Classic Movies. Um, and I, that's what I fall asleep to when, when Chelsea is gone on vacation, uh, because I go watch all like these, these old, these classic sci-fi films. Um, and one person I got into the not a sci-fi is the magic of Buster Keaton in, in the silent film era. I, I never watched him before. And I just started realizing the kind of brilliance of that guy. Um, and guess what? That mother trucker is in the episode we're talking about tonight. What? I know. Perfect segue, wow, Brandon. That was masterfully done. <laughs> God, I'm awful. Uh, yeah, we're we're talking about uh, Once Upon a Time. Uh, it is a season three, episode thirteen. Uh, it's star. It originally aired in 1961, December 15th. It stars. The aforementioned Buster Keaton as Woodrow Mulligan, directed by a Norman Z. McLeod, uh, who didn't direct any other Twilight Zone episodes, but he was a, a well-known comedy director of films back in the day. He directed Horse Feathers and Monkey Business, both Mark, Mark's Brothers comedies. Uh, and I'd like to talk about that aspect in a little bit. And it was written by Richard Matheson, who we all know, like 20,000 uh, Nightmare, 20,000 Feet and uh, Nick of Time. Some of these like kind of uh, not necessarily moral episodes, but really kind of unique storylines. Matheson also wrote um, I Am Legend. That's that's right. Which yes. was uh, later made into a movie called I Am Legend and a movie called The Omega Man and the inspiration for 
I am Omega playing on Hulu. <laughs> I am Omega. See, I segued it back to Hulu. <laughs> so let's talk about streaming services again. <laughs> you, you, you ruined the transition. I feel like segue. we walked in a revolving door and took it all the way around, and we're back out on the street now. You know that that, that GIF of Grandpa Simpson? Yeah, yes. where, <laughs> when he comes into the brothel. Puts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry for the uh, reverse segue, guys. No, that's... I, I think I think they appreciate this six degrees of um, Buster Keaton. <laughs> oh, new game, new drinking game. <laughs> uh, well, well, Phil, uh, you know, and I know that we play a game here on S4YA called You, Me, and IMDb Synopses, uh, where we take a where I come up with a synopsis, you do, and then we compare it to IMDb, and then folks who may or may not follow me on Twitter will may they may or may not uh, say which one is better. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but hey, maybe maybe it'll surprise us. Hey, come on, Twitter, wake up! We got important <laughs> things to vote on here. Yeah, maybe I could uh, devote more time to social media. Uh, all right, with that in mind, how about uh, why don't you why don't you take it away? What what is your synopsis of this episode? Uh, my synopsis of Once Upon a Time is a man trades his pants for a dumb looking hat that takes him to a time when steak is insanely cheap. <laughs> uh, that that reminds him of a time when steak was extremely <laughs> was cheap, even cheaper. uh excellent that's that i you you caught me you caught me i i was like oh i wonder what he's gonna do uh (laughs) trades his pants for a dumb looking hat that that is the perfect perfect summation of this episode i mean we've seen some dumb time machines in science fiction before but um Man, that hat looked ridiculous. <laughs> uh, with the with the sparklers on the on sparklers, top of it. the 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 constant sparklers, <laughs> and the barber pole. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, I my synopsis, God, isn't isn't as as funny or as witty as yours. Uh, I wrote an accidental time traveler longs for the sound of silence. Oh, that's very profound. Yes. And true. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) (laughs) And Brandon's at the bottom of the swimming pool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Buster Keaton is just on the back of a bus at the at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. He he and the uh, the electronic scientist, whatever (laughs) that is. Yeah, (laughs) longing for cathode diodes and, (laughs) and stuff. Um, IMDb, they say this janitor Woodrow Mulligan gets a trip from 1890 to 1962, courtesy of his employer's time helmet. There, there you go. Okay. IMDb was actually more accurate than anybody else this time. Yeah. And they have, they have, they have very specific dates. Uh, they, they, they say courtesy. That's nice. Uh, they, they give him a job title janitor. Um, that's his name. Yeah, they got his they got his name right. Uh, there's there's lot there's lots to like about this IMDb synopsis. Um, it, Phil, I'm going to ask you this: of the three, which one do you prefer? You know, it doesn't have to be uh, I know. It's I like much. yours. Yours is just so poetic, and it mirrors the episode uh, so well. And you're the host and the alpha, as we've already established. And I want to make sure that I'm on your good side. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Well, in that case, I think yours is the best. I was gonna, I was gonna say yours is the best, anyways. I was really just fishing for that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, Twitter, uh, let us know which one you thought was was the best. Um, Phil, let's go ahead and get into the discussion. Uh, and why don't you take it away? Why don't you let me know what your initial thoughts were? My initial thoughts about this episode is that this is unlike any twilight zone i've ever seen um i've never i don't ever remember seeing a twilight zone where there was comedy in it um i also think richard matheson his credit is probably more of a story credit because i feel like buster keaton probably wrote a lot of like did the physical bits came up with all that stuff like on set yeah um and and because that's really what drives this whole episode. The plot is more inconsequential in this episode than probably any other Twilight Zone I've seen. This is just kind of a vehicle for Buster Keaton. Yeah. Uh it, not that that's a bad thing. No, no, not yeah, not not at all. Um as I as I said before, like but the, my appreciation for Buster Keaton has just grown in I, I would say even like the last year to two years. Um uh, I, I watched a documentary on Keaton on a, on a plane, plane ride from Tampa to Los Angeles and uh, he, hearing just seeing the, the brilliance of, of him coming up with, with all these, these stunts uh, coming up with, you know, when the silent era, he didn't necessarily have to write us. He didn't have to do scripts necessarily, but you know, storyboards, you do all right. that. Um, and, he grew up in vaudeville and so he had that sense of of comedic timing that the the silent era uh was really keen to um and in this episode i really enjoy that they have the this have it filmed silent era uh for the first you know 10 minutes or so yeah um have him do his his silent era comedy bits, and even though we go to the modern era and and there's sound, he he you can still see it. You can still see like this this these little these little hints of that that brilliance that still exist. Oh, for sure. And uh, he was not a young man at this time either. Like, I was uh, I was surprised at how physical he still was because Buster Keaton had to be what in his sixties by this time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, at I was, least I was about to look up his age at that at that time, because um, he was he was born in let's see, he was born in eighteen ninety five. Uh, he died in sixty six, so he was uh, he was sixty six. Yeah, and to do some of the pratfalls and and you know some of the like when he gets knocked into that horse trough by the bicycle and yeah. Uh, you know, like for, for, I'm 44 and I don't think I would do that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and he had a lifetime of taking these falls and, and still like was willing to do it for the show. I thought, I thought it was really cool that he was just a performer, uh, still a very physical performer at, at that age. Right. Right. And, and uh, his whole, his whole name, Buster, that was uh, the stage or uh, the stage name. I think that he got, from Pratt falling on stage in his vaudeville days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's there's that one moment in 62 when they are. Um, well, by the way, this episode came out in 61. I, don't, I said 62, but uh, the time travel portion was 62. Um, when they, when they, he's in the future and he's with the electronic uh, scientist, right, and getting the getting the pants. And the pants was the best. <laughs> yes. One, two, three, alley oop. <laughs> <laughs> uh that that's that's such a i don't know i i can't i can't emphasize my love of that witty physical comedy enough like the the it's a the timing of it is just so perfect and it's a tracking shot that's following them down the street and it's blocked perfectly is i mean it i can't imagine the 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 planning it took to do that but it, it it's just executed so well and and it's such a just such a i think like all of buster keaton and and chaplin i was more of a chaplin guy just cuz i think he was better known yeah um but the timing is always just so spot on with their their physic their physical jokes and their physical stunts that i, I don't know it's just I think we think of stunt work and physical work like that as being such a modern thing, but like these guys really show that it goes, this was in the sixties and these guys were making movies in like the twenties, you know, it goes all the way back. So it's, it's just really impressive to see um, something that pulls that off that, that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, this episode focuses on the concept of the grass is always greener but in the sense of the the time time eras uh yeah. t- time travel the grass is always greener in a different time than the one we're in now um and and i think that is interesting when juxtaposed not with necessarily uh uh woodrow's time back in 1890 versus 1960 but this whole idea of silent film and remembering silent film for what it was back in uh, the the twenties and thirties um, versus this now live um, live video with sound and yeah and and production. Uh, what do you what do you think of of that? Do you have any thoughts on on that kind of concept? Well, I I like that they um, they portrayed him as being driven crazy by the noise. Uh, and it's a silent, you know, the, the silent movie portion, yeah. Um, which I thought I thought was clever. And then it's like he's bombarded by that. Like the way they played with that was really was really great. Um, and I was really glad that they put sound in when he traveled forward, and it made the silent thing a little more of a gimmick, but it kept it from being annoying. You know what I mean? It was just sort of like a cool uh, wraparound for that. Right, right, right. Um, it, it, I, I guess in a time when everything is shot in black and white, you know, um, you have to do something to distinguish the time period other than just putting a time card up and saying, "Oh, it's 1890 now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when they're, when they're in a the silent film era, it, it's it's shot that way. It's got kind of got that. Um, I, I don't know the frame rates. I'm sorry for all all my film buff friends out there. Uh, but it's, you know, it's got the, it's got the hair, the scraggly, yeah. uh, film and, uh, and to the, to the very much, uh, modern for the era, 
um, te- television, not on, not on film. Cause some of those episodes are bad on Twilight Zone, but, um, y- y- you know, uh, not videotape, uh, whatever, you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm yeah, saying. Were, were they shooting on videotape at this point? Uh, no. So there's like four episodes in season two that were on, on videotape. Uh, and those are the ones that kind of look like television, like old soap operas, like yeah. dark shadows. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned sound the, I like that little gag where he plays his harmonica and it just goes tweet, tweet. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Then, he, <laughs> and he hangs it up to dry. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all of that stuff, all these little, like, I don't, I feel like, like we get so much like minutia when we're following him around, like going through his job. He's like taking his pants off and drying his pants. I'm like, no other place can you get away with just showing somebody drying their pants than <laughs> if you have Buster Keaton doing it in a silent film setting. Um, you know, and making it entertaining and, and, you know, putting his newspaper through there, hanging everything he owns up on a clothesline. <laughs> uh, can't decide to keep his hat on or off. Every little tick about watching him. He's, um, I don't know if mesmerizing is the right word, but he's just such an interesting performer that, that all of that stuff was, uh, you know, minutia and all was really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you you mentioned earlier on that uh, comedy in the Twilight Zone. It's not something you're used to seeing, um, and and I and I and I agree with that. There are episodes that are supposed to be funny uh, that that Serling had written, uh, a few other folks had written that that aren't funny. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean that laugh riot? Rod Serling wasn't wasn't yeah. writing comedy. Uh... Yeah. Oh my God. It's just so funny. No, no moral, no moral, just joke, jokes a minute, laughs a minute. He, uh, uh, but this one I will say, and maybe it's, maybe it's because of Keaton. Uh, maybe it's because of Norman McLeod, uh, having that, having that old school comedy film sensibility really elevated this episode into where I actually laughed old stone face. He was able to make me laugh again. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, this felt, I think just for the time period it was made in and the kind of comedy they were doing, this felt like I was watching a three stooges short. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know if you grew up watching the Stooges, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like the, these little, the little 10, 15 minute shorts that they did where it was just them getting in a, like, this is something they would do is take a machine to a, uh, what's he called? A fix it shop. Like a, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a catch all kind of, yeah, we fix anything. Um, and, and just, you know, hijinks ensue as they're going around the shop, turning on vacuums and, and, you know, seeing Buster Keaton in the sound era is basically the same thing. I think the Stooges all came from vaudeville. They're all very much of the same school of comedy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Keaton worked with like Fatty Arbuckle and old old comedies back back then. Uh, the, the film, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Have you ever seen yeah. that? I, I have not, but I am like like that's one of the comedy 
masterpieces that everybody's like, you got to see it because everybody's in that movie. Yes. But, yeah, I never have. I've either never seen it or never seen the whole thing. Maybe when I was a kid, it was probably on TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, it's a long movie, to be fair. Um, but, it, you know, like all the, these comedy crates all show up in it in various ways. Uh, the three students and sometimes not even not even in noticeable or um, parts that like jump out at you. Right. There, there's like in the background, like the three stooges are in the movie, uh, but they're they're firemen in the background of of, of a. Oh, of really? A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they don't have any like, speaking parts. They're just, they're just they just happen to be there. Uh, kind of like oh, that's weird. Kind of like in Liar Liar. Fire Marshal Bill is in the background at the end of the movie. From, Wait, what? In Living Color. Yeah. Uh, Liar, is that liar. True. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. If you at the very end, the climax oh, I'm getting away off topic at the climax of liar, liar. Um, after, after the, when the fire department shows up, uh-huh. uh, fire marshal bill, uh, for those who are listening, who don't know what I'm talking about. Fire marshal bill was a character on in living color back in the nineties, <laughs> uh, played by Jim Carrey. That character is in the background, uh, talking on into a, a walkie talkie. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, just, just, just in the back. No, no reason. Uh, uh, the 90s. <laughs> 90s. Back when we could laugh at burn victims. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> burn victims. Um, all right. All right. Back, back, back to the episode itself. Uh, what, what other thoughts did you have um, with this episode? Well, I thought the... Um, I, I, I just enjoyed like the, the fix-it shop itself was so weird. Like... It had an Egyptian sarcophagus in it <laughs> yeah. uh, for some reason. Uh, and like a hundred vacuum cleaners. Some of them were on chairs. And uh, and that TV show he watched was really strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, that, that guy doesn't have all his buttons. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was weird, but it was all... I think in that wheelhouse of comedy that they were doing, like, yeah, nothing here really makes sense, but to serve these jokes, we're going to, we're going to lean into it. Jokes, jokes like, uh, don't touch my tools. (laughs) Oh my God. He must've said that a hundred (laughs) times. Uh, and then that scientist pulled the, the pliers out of his pocket randomly (laughs) <laughs> well, he was an electronic scientist, so oh, that, of course he would have pliers in his pocket. No, that that's right. Yeah, who who doesn't have pliers in their pocket that that work on wires? And I think and soldering? it's I think it's kind of a given. Yeah, you just walk around with pliers and and tools because you never know when an electronic scientist emergency is going to break out. It's it's you know it's part of the certification process. You know, you, you, they get decertified like that. Like the, I snapped, but I don't know if you could. Hear. I, I did. It did come across, and it just blew out my left eardrum. Oh, so I, I just fell off my chair. My equilibrium just went off. Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> um, uh, you know what? What I what I like is that uh, at the end of the episode, the scientist, the electronic scientist, goes back in time with with Buster, and it starts off where. Uh, you know, he, he first gets there, Buster is getting chased by the, the cop of, uh, and he just whisp he's just saying charming over and over again, charming, charming. Uh, and then it does the old timey, like, uh, circle in circle fade or yeah, circle cut. And 
I think every time I watch this episode, it, it throws me off. So I'm like, oh, that I guess that's the end of the episode. I, that's not how I remember it happening uh, with him just, you know, content for him being back in, in time. And then it comes back and he's uh, Buster is now the one who's like, everything's good. 17 cents for steak. Love it. Right. <laughs> hey, cop, uh, I'm going to make sure you say hello to me. Uh, and then goes in and sees the scientist, and then he's just completely miserable about things. Um, and I I empathize with him because you know what we we talk about going back in time to when when things were simpler, but I yeah I don't think they I don't think they are they're just different. Yeah, I think it's um, I think everybody thinks that. Um the time they're living in is the worst time. Uh, You know, everybody's sort of like, oh man, I can't believe how things are today. When we were kids, it was this, or our parents' generation, it was this. Um, And that's why I like shows like, uh, I'm going to take us off track again. (laughs) I, I love Mad Men because it shows like this, this time that my entire life I've, always heard about oh these were the good old days and this is when it was it was great and america was great and and everybody you know did was doing well and it shows just these miserable people back in in the 50s and 60s yeah Uh, and 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 i just think that any time i think we idealize certain um certain periods of time and we just oh man it'd be so great to live back then yeah. And I think this episode just sort of shows that's all uh, BS. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's all just sort of like there is no perfect time. I don't want to get all deep thoughts on you here, Brandon. No, but, no. Uh, this is this is the Twilight Zone, Phil. We can get deep as deep thoughts as we can. If, are if, we going to get deeper than the episode actually did? <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about the philosophical challenges of time travel uh, of, of of time traveling with a with a party hat <laughs> yes uh by the way uh, speaking of a uh, time traveling party hat what that kid that kid is fast on them roller skates yeah he is <laughs> how and and those roller somebody needs to get some wd-40 maybe they didn't have it back in those days uh because those those roller skates are really loud as well <laughs> there and that kid grew up to be Apollo Ono. Oh, yeah. Olympic speed skater. <laughs> and the only speed skater I could think of to fill in that joke. I know the timeline doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I don't I don't know if that's that's yeah, he won the gold was. when he was like 55 years old, man. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he he could do the the Colorado Springs Manitou Springs incline in uh 17 minutes, which is extraordinarily fast. I'm going to pretend I know what that is. Uh, it's a really, really steep hill uh, over on the side of uh, Pikes Peak, and it's like a mile up, and it's like at a 45-degree incline. They, that's why they call it the incline. Yeah. Uh, the fastest I've ever done it is like 55 minutes. So, I would probably be about 55 days. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a step a step or two a day yeah, like, yeah. all right i'm gonna make camp <laughs> <laughs> sir you're you're in the parking lot <laughs> you're, the, the trail hasn't started don't rush me don't rush me i'll get there <laughs> i'll get to the top someday 
and 62 years later. Let's get that camera crew from Free Slow Solo out here. I want to document this. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, well, uh, Phil, are, 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 is there anything else you you want to say about the episode? I I wanted to mention I, I mentioned it real quick at the beginning. Um, uh, Richard Matheson is one of my favorite uh, Twilight Zone writers that that I'm aware of. I think he's written some of the big some of the big episodes. And I'm also a fan of his short stories. I have his I Am Legend book that collects a bunch of short stories on top of that. Yeah, yeah. And I just think he's just this really prolific writer who was sort of built to be a Twilight Zone writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this just seems so unlike anything of his I've ever uh, read or seen before. So it's... It was really wild. I had never seen this episode before. Oh, really? Uh, so it was really wild for me to see his name in, in the opening and go, oh, all right, good good pedigree here. And and just get something completely different than I'm used to seeing. And and I I feel like it is, I joked about him not really writing a script and just coming up with a story, but I do feel like it was, it had to have been some sort of collaboration uh, between his story and Keaton and uh, what uh, the director, I yeah, forget McLeod McLeod as, as a old timey comedy director and it, just a r- really interesting mix, I think made an interesting episode. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good point because I I'm trying to think of if they had pulled a non well-known or well, not even not, not a non well-known, but somebody who's whose life isn't an actor who wasn't in old time old time comedy or wasn't didn't have vaudevillian sensibilities or or right. or, or they just like pulled him and like hey here's your character you are you're a silent you're you're in silent film and you come to the the future uh i don't like a young actor pretending to be an yeah a silent film actor yeah, yeah yes yes I, I i don't i don't think it would have worked as well uh because i think that matheson can can write the the teleplay and he can say here's the situation that you find yourself in here's the the overview of the story here's the here's my you me and imdb synopses uh but what what keaton does is he brings those little those, those little keatonisms into it that that gives it that verisimilitude of this is a, a silent film actual right like when when he's when he's in the the the, the fix it shop and he does these little the, these little keaton faces just yeah uh the little like little jumps when uh he's like looking at something he's like oh he like does like a like a just a little shoulder shrug well he takes um they take the pants and then the guy comes and Asked for money for the pants and he reaches into the pocket and finds money that he you know, just was like lucked out that was in there. And the face he makes there yeah. is like, God, it's gold. The, the expression that he makes in that just one instant. It's so perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, just so good. And, and, and again, if they had got another actor for that, I, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have the same effect. It, it, it looks onto this nostalgia, the aspect that the episode is is talking about the entire time. It's just right. it, the more I think about it, the more I like this episode uh, because of the 
the levels that exist within it. I, I I'm coming. Uh, I, I'm. This is gaining a uh, thing in my in my upcoming ratings. Just talking about it, it is like, oh, it is better than I thought it was. Um, <laughs> but I want to. Uh, do, do you think it's possible? I mean, we're just kind of talking about it. Do you think it's possible for a non-silent film actor to convincingly play a silent film actor if they've never worked in a time when there wasn't sound? Because I think about, um, and I'm sure there are better examples of this, uh, but this will show you that I am perpetually 12 years old. In The Three (laughs) Amigos, uh, they play silent film actors and they show a clip of of one of their silent films within the movie. And it is clearly uh, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short doing over-the-top impressions of silent film actors, just overacting and uh, over-emoting and, and just being generally cheesy in a way that I don't think you would see a silent film actor actually doing. Right, yeah. Well, uh, you, you mentioned Chaplin, Keaton, obviously. Um, right. uh, there, there's a few more, and I, and I had him, uh, Harry, Harold Lloyd, he, I have he, heard of it. I'm he he does he does a like the the clock tower he did the clock tower kind of stunt. Oh okay. Uh, but uh, the thing about all of those characters were they they were even though they're they're doing this the silly stuff like they're they're still kind of the straight man and and everybody around them are the the characters almost. Right. Um, and the three amigos re- example, they are, they're, they're the caricature of a silent They're the film zany star. ones. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it, do I, do I think that somebody who's never been in that era can do it? I do. Um, but I don't have a good example. I haven't seen Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr. I don't know if there's any examples. Oh, I have that. seen that uh, when it was. You know, not since it was a new movie 30 years ago, but um, <laughs> but uh, I do remember being really impressed. And I was not very schooled in Charlie Chaplin at that time, but I remember being very impressed of just his sort of ability to do physical comedy. Yeah. Like it kind of blew me away in the same way. Um, this was my introduction to Buster Keaton was through. uh this is really weird, but Johnny Depp in Benny and June, huh. his character is sort of this savant who does Buster Keaton style comedy. And they kind of mention it within the movie. And I'm like, oh, who is that? And, you know, then I kind of saw a bunch of clips and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's better than Johnny Depp. But, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, but it's John, really Johnny weird Depp place really to good. learn about a classic comedian from Johnny Depp. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it's I, the important thing is that we we do learn from about these people. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, Johnny Depp has to make up for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, <laughs> and this and the same acting in, in every single movie uh, since two thousand and two. Uh, all right. Well, um, yeah. Okay. Well, so, so you mentioned before that your, your rating is, is evolving, shifting a little bit. Uh, so what do you rate the episode? Uh, on my, uh, 
scale, I am going to give this four out of five old-timey bicycles. <laughs> All right. Four out of five old-timey. Let me spell timey right. Bicycles. All right. Awesome. Awesome. I I am a little bit above you. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Uh, and I think maybe... So it's like a unicycle is is actually bringing that up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like uh, one of the small wheels of those big wheeled bicycles. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like a spare, like a spare <laughs> wheel. <laughs> um, I I don't know before I watched the episode again and, and had this discussion with you that I would have put it up that high, but my appreciation for Keaton uh, and McLeod and what they've done, like the, I didn't I didn't expect to necessarily talk about this episode for. Uh, 30 minutes with you today but we did and and to me that that shows that it's it's better than the average bear uh so four and a half old-timey bicycles out of five isn't it fun when you dig into something and you get more out of it than you expected to yeah when you you uncover the layers as you that's i mean once in a while david and i will get into something on on brokebot mountain and we'll be like Man, I thought we were just going to talk about this, and we <laughs> uncovered some stuff here. Yeah, it's 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 so it's so weird. There's there, when you find those those hidden kind of eggs, hidden kind of eggs, hidden Easter eggs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you know those kinds of eggs that are hidden. No one can find them. <laughs> no one, no one can find. They never them. hatch. Um, or or those pretentious eggs, depending on uh, what you think of this episode. I think uh, um, I've seen the Twilight Zone for a lot of years, and I like to think that I've seen most of the episodes. Uh, but every once in a while, I'll just find something like this that I've never, I've never seen. I didn't know Buster Keaton was in an episode, um, and it turns out to be uh, like a surprisingly good one. Yeah. Uh, in the in the documentary that I watched, uh, which is which is very good. Um, I can't tell you what the name of it is, but it's a documentary on Buster Keaton. Uh, I was surprised that they don't actually, they don't mention this episode. Uh, and I was, I was a little disappointed in it. Uh, but it is still a good documentary. That was really, I shouldn't have even brought that up because it has nothing to do with the segue that I'm, I'm working on. Maybe in the <laughs> next documentary they make about him, they'll mention that episode and they'll mention this episode of submitted for your approval. Oh my God. Don't even, <laughs> don't even get my hopes up, man. <laughs> and they'll be like, and then these assholes talked about this and, episode. And these idiots pointed out, of course he made the face. Phil, you dumbass. What did you think he was going to do? Oh, uh, I'm Buster Keaton. I'm not going to make a face. Idiots. <laughs> Delete your podcast. <laughs> Worst guest ever, Brandon. <laughs> and they say that. They just say all. They, they stop talking about Buster Keaton. They, just they, stop, they just go on a rant. <laughs> uh, there is there's one last thing I, I need from you, Phil. And it is the game we like to call Choose Your Own Adventure. End Venture. Uh, where End you, venture. Where you come up with an alternate ending for the episode and compare it to my alternate ending of the episode. Uh, please do the honors. All right. Uh, my alternate ending reveals that the fix-it guy accidentally crossed a wire and instead of sending them back in time, it sends them forward and they land in an episode of the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they just have their minds blown because everything's in color. And there are black people. And uh, they get tased by cops instead of just being, you know, chased around comically by them. It's it's just oh, a God. it's just an entire new world for them. Oh, God, this is, this is good. Uh, they went from like goofy <laughs> comedy to social commentary. They get tased and, and beaten. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like, OK. Um, too far was that one too far no no that's not, that's not too far it is it is just the right amount uh, in the twilight zone <laughs> shoot i don't even um there's an orange president now oh my god what do we do <laughs> oh god what is happening uh the simpsons did it uh crap uh that was such a good that was such a good adventure and usually and usually i can come up with like a really good good one off the cuff just kidding i don't ever i gotta be honest with you brandon i've worked harder on that this week than i've worked (laughs) on anything (laughs) that that makes me feel good thank you thank you phil and to the listeners out there phil did a spectacular job oh thank you um here's here's the ending i'm i'm going to say i came up with a week ago uh, so they, they go back in time and, uh, you know, the, the electronic scientist, he, he hates it. And so he goes back to the future. Um, but he, he pulls, uh, what's his face with him. Um, and then he, he says, you're stuck with me now. And then they just. The Keaton's like, no, I don't want to be stuck here. And then he puts the helmet on and then he goes back in time again. Um, and then he's happy. Uh, but then he's like, oh, you know what? I did like that sound. Uh, so then he goes back into the future again. Uh, he finds the, the scientist and he's like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we go back in time and we'll get the farmer's almanac from 1890. <laughs> and then, we'll, we'll, then you, you make some investments and you make a lot of money, and then we both can afford the stake of the future. And, and that's boom. It's all about the price of steak. <laughs> God, that was so shitty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I just rehashed the plot of Back to the Future too. No, uh, I like it. Uh, it was actually more entertaining than Back to the Future too. Oh, shots fired. Uh, yeah, that's right. I said it. Oh I my, said it. Oh my the God. Back to the Future sequels are not good. Come <gasps> at me, Internet. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, edit point at five. <laughs> 50 and we're scrapping this episode right now. Uh, next week on Submitted for Your Approval, we talk about season three, episode 13, featuring guest to be determined. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, shit. Yeah, we should. Uh, did you do a Brokebot Mountain on on uh, Back to the Future sequels? Uh, no, we did. We did the first one. Um, okay. Well, I would love to hear about why you hate two and three so much. Do you want to hear about it right now, or uh, uh, I, I don't want I don't want people to to you don't want revolt. people to rage quit your show. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Uh, but you know, that's I think that's a good uh, way to maybe uh, maybe David and I will have you on Brokebot, and we'll do just like a roundtable debate about uh, uh, the Back to the Future sequels. I won't I won't say it's a fantastic a fantastic. Uh, look, I don't want to talk. About it. Let's not let's not do this right now. Uh, I like those movies. Um, 
Phil, let's 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 switch gears just briefly. Uh, not not only do you do Brokebot Mountain, where you hate on my childhood uh, with Back to the Future, but also you you are on a social you're on social media. You do all that stuff, but really you you're doing a a, a web comic. Is, would you consider it a web comic? Uh, yeah. I, I publish it on the web, so I'll call it a webcomic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah technically. Uh, it's The Adventures of Professor Whiskers. Um, and uh, I, I I read through the, the first one. And I got I to say for everyone listening out there, uh, I I think you're a fantastic artist. And I love the, the designs that you have for your characters. Oh, thanks. Uh, and and you and you did you did a little bit of work for my uh, my very brief like thirty one days of Halloween. Oh yeah, uh, uh, I ran. I just ran across that stuff the other day. Um, just going through files on my computer, and I was like, oh yeah, I did that. I, I, I did that so fast that I just like got to rush this out. And then move past it. Yeah, and you're like, oh god, Brandon shouldn't ask me for anything anymore. He's just so, not at all. It so was fun. Needy. I love drawing monsters and stuff, man. <laughs> Great. Uh, but so, so Professor Whiskers, uh, why don't you why don't you say what it's about? Uh, it is about a cat who is also an inventor, and he builds basically giant mechs to fight dinosaurs that exist in the modern world for reasons i don't explain <laughs> um it's just a it's a uh just a silly vehicle for drawing cool stuff really and um i'm starting to work in a storyline where i talk about my hatred for the back to the future sequels no. and- <laughs> ah, you son of a- <laughs> do not do not read professor whiskers do oh not- come on man it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be canon in back to the future no that's uh It is, I've wanted to do uh, some kind of ongoing uh, project for a long time. And I did this as a mini comic a couple years ago. And then it's just sort of, let me do one more and let me do one more. And it's just kind of, um, I just started publishing them on the Webtoon, the Line Webtoon platform. Yeah. Um, Which is a pretty good, uh, it's pretty easy way to just get some content out there so that's 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 awesome there you have this this character in in there called gill who's a the goldfish in a bowl attached to a robotic uh suit it was like a robot body yeah yeah and and i uh like the first couple panels i was like oh what what is this what is this fish doing and then i realized what was happening i was like ah that's that's really it's really unique and, and bitchin. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's like the tech guy. He's like the the support guy. He's like Al from Quantum Leap or R two D two maybe. Um, but yeah, or R two D two from Quantum Leap. R two D two from Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I I think it's really cool, and I th- recommend uh, folks to go check it out. Uh, they can do that uh, over at uh, HTTP tinyurl.com slash prof whiskers. That's right. Prof for short uh, is uh, professor. Uh, how, how else can people get a hold of you, dude? I'm on Twitter at Phil Rude. I'm on Instagram at Phil Rude 75. And I'm on Facebook at Phil Rude, that illustrator guy. 
And I do have a blog that I don't update very often at philrude.com. Uh, but you can get like, you can get to my store, you can get all my social media links. It's kind of just the central hub there. Even if the blog doesn't update, you can find me wherever through that site. All right. Fan- fantastic, dude. Well, hey, I I sincerely appreciate you coming on. Sorry it's taken so long for me to get you onto the show. Uh, not only from the time I first brought it up that I wanted you to, to come on the show, but also that it took three seasons to do so. Well, I understand this is a really exclusive club and there's a long waiting list of people uh, waiting to get on here. There, uh, there is. It's, you, no, you, you really have like some impressive guests on here. So, uh, you know, I am honored to be among them now. Uh, but but I, I really had fun with this. this. You're always awesome to talk to. I love the Twilight Zone. I love talking about just breaking down TV shows and stuff. So this was great, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those kind words, and really thank you for your lovey, lovey, your lovey voice. <laughs> I missed an L. That changes the context of that sentence. Uh, very much. I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable right now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you. And that was my interview with Phil Rude. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Uh, just FYI, if you're going to record social media stuff after, make sure you don't do it when you have a cold. Yes, the pitfalls of podcasting. All right. Well, anyway, uh, make sure you go check out The Adventures of Professor Whiskers, his comic. Uh, I'll, ha- I'll have links for that on the post. Uh, follow me on, on Twitter, Facebook, over at uh, www.philrude.com. And if you want to follow this show, be sure to do that over at facebook.com slash S4YA podcast, Instagram and Twitter S4YA underscore podcast, or shoot me an email S4YA podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Brandon Cruz, and this is submitted for your approval. <laughs>